1: Guys being dudes, dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another
0: dude. Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude. O-line, you bunch of dudes. Lot of dudes. Yeah! yeah.
1: Another dude in the house. Yeah! Welcome to the Lot of Dudes podcast, presented by Fourth and Dude. Brought to you by Boston College 24-7 and Armchair All-Americans, Season 3, Week 13. With the Eagles getting the week off on the gridiron, we thought we could finally make it through a weekend without a Boston College defense getting demolished. Instead, the Maroon and Gold Hoop Squad gave up a C-note to Belmont at home, en route to their first loss of the season. On today's episode, we'll discuss officially being a field hockey school, talk dude or pood, And preview the Eagles' chances to upset the 15th-ranked Irish in South Bend on Saturday. Matt, rivalry
0: week is finally here. Uh, It's been a very fiery week in the BC universe. A lot of opinions and passion, which I do love to see. I wish the circumstances were a little brighter as we head into Notre Dame week. But before we get to everything, we have a lot to unpack today. Uh, But a quick word from our friends at MyBookie. The football season is just about at the end but there is still plenty of time to get off the sidelines and get into the game with my bookie. My bookie is the premier place to bet on all the football action every weekend, always with the most up-to-date lines and most props of any sports book on the planet. If you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and bet with the best at my bookie, whether it's parlays, teasers, props, futures, live bets, they have everything you need to make money on the weekends. Best part is, if you join with my bookie right now, they will double your first deposit. That's right, if you put in $1000, they'll give you $1000 back to use on all of your best picks. Use promo code CHAIR to activate the offer. That's promo code CHAIR to double your cash. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. Matt, as we'll get to in a little bit, we are 20.5-point underdogs at Notre Dame this weekend. And a little bit of a spoiler alert, I'm not sure how confident I feel taking the Eagles with the points there.
1: Yeah, but if you think about it, the money line's uh, plus 720. And uh, if that doesn't get you going, then I don't know what does, Matt. I think that's... Well,
0: it'll, yeah, it'll pay for our 10-2 our and two bets and our BC National Championship bets and our A.J. Dillon Heisman Trophy bets. We got a lot of money that we need to pay off, so we need some winners. Matt, I
1: already bet 100 and that's to win 720 And I'm going to okay. share none of that with you uh, yeah, when, when that is a winner. So,
0: Okay, fair enough. Well, you mentioned it in your intro. Let's just get the, the most negative stuff right out of the way. Pood of the week is, of course, the hoops loss to Belmont. Maybe we need to slow our roll a little bit on the tournament hopes. In the end, of the, like at the end of the day, this is not an awful loss Matt, can in the grand scheme of things. Please, I'm, yeah,
1: go for this it. This is a good intersection of your pood and my dude because my dude was the basketball team, um, and I, I thought it was a really great moral victory for this team. And, I,
0: I hate you so much. And I
1: think why? Why do you? Why are you? Why are you happy about this? I'm not happy about. It. I'm just man, I'm reporting the news. It's your dude. I'm reporting the news, and uh, yeah, I mean. I don't know how you can have any other takeaway from that game than our defense is at a high school level. We let Belmont, a rebuilding Belmont team, by the way, come into our house and uh, and, and put up 100 on us. Uh, really, really embarrassing, but it seems like everyone's cool with it and it's whatever, you know, Jim Christian, he'll, he'll turn it around, if not the, in, in the past five years, maybe in the next five years, who knows. Uh, but anyway, my dude is that, you know, really great moral victory we can build upon this, and it should go great going into ACC play with that under our belt.
0: You're you're it's you're you're literally reprehensible, honestly. I don't understand it. I don't know why you were you take so much joy in the fact that we had a team that I'd say really for the first time in the Christian era, I at least had decent hopes. I think even the Robinson year we made the NIT, I wasn't super optimistic going into the year. What we saw to the first three games was awesome. What we even saw to the first half, I think, was good. Keep in mind we were point and a half underdogs going into this game, which in and of itself is disappointing. But I think in the grand scheme of things, this was not an awful loss. The reality is that most teams are not going to score whatever they ended up with 48 points from beyond the arc in a game against us. Our defense overall has been looking good. If you you know ignore this, I think we were like top 50 in defensive efficiency. So it's a big kick to momentum, but I am by no means writing off the season and and apparently you are, and you're happy about that. But we have DePaul, Richmond, Northwestern all coming up before Notre Dame. The next six games are massive for the direction of the year. I still have hope, but I am not quite officially reserving my table at Dewey's for the first Thursday in March
1: just yet just to clarify I'm not happy about this whatsoever uh, it's it's just bizarre our text would beg to differ it just defies logic well no it just defies logic the amount of optimism that's been built related to this basketball team when you think about what we lost last year what we did with you know Bowman last year in a healthy tabs for the for most of the year and uh, to think that this team would be better than that, is a little bit absurd and and really i mean the, the belmont game uh sort of demonstrated everything that's plagued this program under jim Christian over the last five years it is number one the ability to win the rebounding battle and number two the ability to guard the three ball and both of those were on display on saturday they got out rebounded what was it 36 to 22 by an undersized belmont team um and then we allowed 58 percent from three-point land and um I think overall, I think both of those, uh, we we didn't see any type of in-game adjustment from Jim Christian. You get on me for a about that all the time. I think Christian's way worse uh, for comparing the two from that standpoint. But it's not just in-game adjustments. This tenure, this five-year Christian tenure, there's been no type of uh, ability to address those two issues. And it's cost us countless basketball games.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can make a lot of similar arguments for someone else that we won't get into. We said before this, we're going to try to keep it pretty civil. This week, but I think overall, again, I'm still optimistic about a lot of things. The freshmen have looked amazing. Felder, Heath, you know, Rishwayne has, I think, been brighter than a lot of people even expected, and Thornton has been, you know, really, I think, everything we wanted out of out of you know the transfer. Everything we didn't get out of Eli Carter um, and some of the other transfers over the years. So I, I am by no means throwing in the towel at all. It does suck a little bit. I wish it was. Well, I don't know if I do or not because the ACC in basketball is way better. But you know, in football, you can write off these early season. Non conference losses because you can say, All right, it doesn't really matter, even though the reality is with Clemson, we're never going to be competing for a division and with Steve Adazio anytime soon. But, you know, the idea is at least there. Um, but overall, look, at the end of the day, I just want to be playing meaningful basketball in January, February. March would be great, but even just January and February, which I don't think is too much to ask at this point. It's like, just don't lose, you know, five games between now and New Year's. So, I'm not giving up just yet. I don't think you should either. I think you should want this team to be good, but but
1: best what's best case this year? The, Jim Christian's record over well, the, the past... Well the best case is tournament. I mean obviously <laughs> best case is tournament. I mean that re, is, I mean that's
0: a stupid question.
1: Realistic best case.
0: The, I the think guys, realistic best case is like is absolutely the a, guy a, averages, a ten seed in the tournament. He
1: averages less than four conference wins per year. And at least my optimism for football is grounded in something. You know, we've we've been building something last year. You know, we are a ranked football team, we're seven and two. And, uh, and then hey, now, what do we, we finish? Yeah, at least we we're close. What, like, basketball, what's the closest we've ever been? It's, oh, we, we won, what, seven wins that year when we had Bowman and Robinson? I mean, it's not going to get any better than that, I don't think. And I think seven wins. If, if you talk about Adazio's seven-win ceiling, at least that's in football.
0: You, you you have a severely warped opinion on these two situations that have a lot of similarities, to be completely honest. I know, but... but And for whatever reason, you are so high on one and so high on the other. It does not make a lot of I'm sense I'm high on Daz
1: because everyone else is so low on Daz and vice versa. So, I mean, let's call it what it is. Both of these co- coaches are, are underwhelming. But at least Daz has been average and Christian has been just historically bad. So, I don't understand what all the optimism is about, but I'll hold off because there's no sense and, and dump it on this program until they you know, inevitably lose, you know, a bunch of games going forward. So, um, so that's my dude though. It was, it was good to see them, um, you know, they put up 85 points. So that's something we can hang our hat on.
0: All right. I have another, another poot is that you're a, you're a, you're rooting against this team. I'm officially going to label you a bad BC basketball fan until further notice.
1: I'm not rooting against them. I just, I don't see the point of of rooting for them. So I'm um, okay. I'm indifferent.
0: Okay. That's okay. That's, that's really, that's disheartening to hear, but let's move on. What's your, what's your you already pood? did your pood? I guess what's your pood then? If that's if that's your your tongue in cheek and, and
1: rooting against the Eagles, uh, you, Jake, I'm just dude. I'm telling how it is. Uh, my pood gets into football. Uh, what's, what's your what's your dude? Um, well, I think my dude is again, we saw
0: this week, you know, there was a lot of passion on the internet, and it shows that this fan base does still care. I know there's been a lot of talk, you know, from us included about the apathy of the fan base. You see it in the you know, at the actual games, how, how everyone's leaving in the you know second and third quarter. There is a ton of apathy in this in this fan base right now, and I think it's because things have been you know historically slow, and basketball is absolutely a part of this as well. But there hasn't been a lot to get super excited about. So the fact that you know you still got everyone as fired up as as they were over the past you know five days, um, really again with the, with the Adazio discussion leading the charge. You were really poking the bear, by the way, with some of your tweets, which. You know, fair enough. I guess conversation is good, and you have a, a wrong opinion, so you need people to tell you that you're wrong every chance you get. But I think overall, it shows that this is a sleeping giant fan base, and you know, we want to care, we want to get back into the game, and and I think that you'll see that once we do get a coach in place who can actually start winning, that you know, you're going to see some positive things, and it's going to become a, a a loud fan base again, like it used to be. So overall, I'm encouraged that as bad as things have been, you know, that passion is still there. Again, it sucks that it has to come out in the way that it does. You know, over over negative stuff, but. I think that this fan base will soon be rewarded. I just, I just hope that it's in the near future and not you know a few years. Just, from now. A,
1: just a quick counterpoint before you, you know, start calling our fans the best in uh, in, in college sports. I'm not uh, saying that. I just think I just think there's a lot of we, passion we were there. Beating, I beating
0: that the apathy always gets. We were beating Florida you know, State
1: last Saturday at halftime, and there was still a mass exodus of of students. Right, because, everyone else leaving. But that's, so. it's not just you know it's not just a winning an individual game. I mean, you got to think a little bigger picture than that. Okay, we have to be undefeated all the time. I don't I don't understand. It's it's Red Bandana Dan day. We're beating a uh, you know, a team that's historically very very good. We're we're beating them at halftime and you know, we played a pretty solid first first half and uh, I don't know why people can't stay for the game. So I don't really care about the fans until they start But don't, un- act, like the start don't caring. act
0: like but don't act like that's that's a that's a historical BC problem. That wasn't a problem it has during been, well, the pre Spaziani years, and it wasn't <laughs> even a problem really in the in the early Daz years either. No, but things but have just gotten stale. Well,
1: no, it has not, I think that has nothing to do with the coach. We're seeing across college football. Well, across, it has across it has, pro sports too. People, it has something to do with the results. Millennials have just better- Matt. You're Matt. You were literally born
0: in the heart of millennial yeah, timeline. By the way, I
1: don't identify as that. They, they have better stuff to do. They don't. They don't care about sports. This has nothing to do. We're getting off track, Matt. My, was the crowd? How was the crowd at Clemson? Yeah. Okay. We're going to compare the defending national. No, no, champions. No, 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 I'm sorry.
0: At at the, at home against Clemson last year, when we were ranked, and we you know we were again we were down at half, but it was a freezing cold night. It's a good crowd.
1: Yeah, you're comparing a, a game in which College Game Day was there. We we're playing the defending national champions, uh, a night game to a, a noon game against a you know struggling Florida State team. I, I don't understand the logic of that, Matt. My pood. Can I just do this? My pood. I'm going to dump on the football team a little bit because this is this is me being a you know a fair know fair and balanced fan here sure all right fox news yep <laughs> uh the fact that they didn't and and maybe they have and we just don't know but i think we we're, we've all been pushing for a change uh some type of change do something different on the defensive side of the football right and uh the fact that they there was no evidence that they utilized the bye week to make any type of defensive adjustments um we've been saying for weeks again that, i mean there's really no universe. Where bill, where bill sheridan should have a job there's really no path forward where he's going to be here next year I don't know what you're waiting what we're waiting for. I actually think what you said last episode about the conspiracy theory where is just waiting until the yep. end of the year, it's it's not a bad theory. I do think if I had any self belief I'd fire him now and then just figure something out to, to play D against Notre Dame. And, you know, maybe we're not capable of that. We probably have no one, you know, we have no one waiting in the wings. So that's probably part well, clearly of it. That,
0: yeah. I mean, th- that, that's absolutely part of it, but yeah, I do think that there is, you know, a, a scapegoat environment to it. And the reality is that again, because we don't have anyone waiting in the wings that if we fire him, the defense will not get any better. And I, I think that that's a, that's a fair, you know, it sucks, but it kind of is what it is. But Clearly, it's saying at that point, then, all right, we'll just hang on to him because now I can blame it more than we got rid of him. What do you want? And it's fan service. I think it would make everyone you know sleep a little better. It's like when we just have this rage, we need something to happen. But I'm with you. The reality is that we don't have a Campanelli or an Al Washington waiting in the wings. So it kind of just is what it is. And again, as we'll talk about in a little bit, I expect some very bad things to happen uh, when Notre Dame has the ball inside. Yeah,
1: I do wonder if you bring in like an Al Washington. So he's obviously the linebackers coach for Ohio State. They're a top three defense this year you wonder if he could just come in and just identify all the things that are going wrong based on you know, him actually being at a good program compared to you know what's right. been a defensive shit show. Uh, but anyway, we're, we're getting off track again here. To finish off my point, um, we saw a couple of examples this past weekend. Uh, in the NFL, the, the, the Falcons made a coaching change where I think they shifted a, a wide receiver coach over to, to the D-back side of things, and then they completely shut down the Saints and then the Panthers in consecutive weeks. Um, And then over at at Syracuse, they fired their defensive coordinator. And then immediately they you you saw the dividends of that where they held Duke to just six points. So it seems like, you know, if you do make a change, there is some sort of immediate effect that can take place. I don't know if our situation is the same thing as that. But, you know, to to, to what we've been saying, it can't get worse. So why not just do something? Right.
0: Right. I mean, the reality is that a lot of times it is just changing it up and whether that's a film thing of, you know, right now, Brian Kelly and, and whoever their offensive coordinator is has to just be licking their chops after what they've seen through our first, um, you know, whatever, nine or 10 games. So if you come in and you change it up, yeah, the talent's not going to get any better. But all of a sudden, if you have a different scheme, at least maybe it throws a wrinkle into it. That's what's so frustrating is we're not doing anything. Not only are we not changing the personnel, but we're not changing our scheme. We're doing the exact same thing last week or against Florida State as we did against Kansas and you could say the same for every other game we played so far so it's very frustrating I think that's a very good pood it does sum up a lot of frustration again firing Bill Sheridan is is not going to all of a sudden turn you know pick whoever our you know pick whatever uh, guy in our secondary you want it's not all of a sudden going to turn them into Lucas Dennis and Will Harris and you know Ham Cheevers but it just at least says okay something maybe is is going to happen and maybe there'll be something different so it's not it's very frustrating,
1: Matt. That's a very good pood and a very fair pood. I mean, fr- from a risk-reward standpoint, rather than blowing up the program, isn't it such a better idea to just attack the problem on the defensive side of the football? And you, you bring in a specialist, you bring in someone that you know knows how to develop players, knows how to you know uh, put a scheme together that complements your personnel. Isn't that such a better solution than just blowing it up and, and seeing what happens? I have no comment. Let's move on
0: to... <laughs> Dude of the week, I'll go first. Uh, Jerry York deserves a shout-out, a little stick tap for our guy. Jerry York being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. I think the induction ceremony is, I think, tonight. We're recording this. I don't know. Maybe it's tomorrow. Um Winningest coach in NCAA history. I mean, there's nothing else you can say about him. He's got over a thousand wins. Um, a great guy on and off the ice. He wears an eye patch sometimes, which is cool. Just a wholesome Boston guy. He represents everything that's good about BC and everything that's good about BC sports. So again, stick tap to our guy Jerry York.
1: Yeah, it's a good one. I, I like the eye eye patch. Jerry's my favorite eye patch. I guess I mean my favorite Jerry too. Um, but both of those, I, I really like eye patch Jerry. I think he's undefeated. When he rocks the eye patch, but don't fact check me on that. Yeah, it sounds wrong, but I like it. Um, Matt, my dude of the week. It's actually a debt this week. Uh, obviously, unless you've been living under a rock, the Lady Eagles took down Louisville in the quarterfinals of the NCAA field hockey tournament to advance to the final four. Matt, in I didn't,
0: penalty strokes, they did it on strokes. They,
1: they d- wow, yeah, about that, Matt. You know the lingo. Yep, I do. Uh, I, and, and hand up, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to, to watch the game, but I did catch some highlights. Uh, my due death this week is Margot Carlin, who had the game-clinching goal on the shootout, and, and I saw the saw the highlight. She had a nasty triple-deke wraparound snipe, and uh, I'll tell you what, Matt, I'm fully in on field hockey. We take on UNC this Friday at 1 p.m., and uh, and I'm calling it. It's official. That's that's grounds for a half-day, half-day Friday, so everyone take a half-day, support the Lady Eeks, and uh, let's go win another championship.
0: Yeah, I hear you. The UNC is an absolute wagon, so that game is, is concerning. But again, I think that the Eagles are a force to be reckoned with right now. Everyone knows that we play our best field hockey in November. That's just kind of like BC 101. I'll say, too, obviously beating Louisville in a national quarterfinal is clearly way more important than a regular season game, just regardless of the sport. So overall, very happy with that result. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Um, and again, it's still wild to think about. We've never won an NCAA national championship outside of hockey. So we've come close, obviously, lacrosse, women's lacrosse the last, two, what, two or three years at this point have been in the finals. So this could be nice to get our first ever NCAA championship, not hockey. Soccer never won one? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure that's the a fact. Tra- that the feels, Charlie Davies feels right. years? No, I mean, because you got to think about, like, the rest of the ACC, it's always going to be UNC and then the West Coast schools, like. Charlie Davies was fine and we're in the soccer's in the tournament as well, but like they make a run, but winning a championship is, is very difficult in soccer. We
1: loaded it fencing too. I feel like fencing, we've won a few. And what about well, sailing, Matt? Is that club? Yeah, but
0: it's, it's, it's not officially NCAA. They also have like 75 different national championships. Like I think it's just, they give them kind of everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, we are a good scaling school, but, but NCAA does not sanction that officially.
1: Got it. Okay. Um, Next up is Eagles in the Wild, Matt. uh, Matt, I got a good one here. Uh, Bruce Springsteen played a surprise show at the Stone Pony, I believe it's called, in your neck of the woods, Um, Asbury Park, which I believe is in Manhattan.
0: Uh, wrong. It's in New Jersey, but yeah, close.
1: Shoot. Oh, you're right. It's down the Jersey Shore. I've actually heard of that.
0: Hey, Sammy Adams is playing there in a couple weeks. Get out of here! Wow. Yeah. Same stage as Bruce Springsteen.
1: Get tell you, and I, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, maybe a few too. years ago, but wow, how about that? Sammy Adams comeback tour. Um, so anyway, so he, he was throwing a concert. I think it was a fundraiser for BC. Saw some videos, looked pretty electric. He closed with Thunder Road. I don't think it's a fundraiser for a new basketball coach, unfortunately. I think it's for financial aid, but not sure about that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's the number one thing in, in my career that I want. I want to just get like really rich that Martin comes to me for the meetings, but also so that I can hold that over, you know, like my donations over the BC Board of Trustees. Like if you're if you start dangling, you know, five million dollars donations that you've been giving your whole life, and then one day you just say, Look, I'm not giving another dollar until X, Y, and Z happens in athletics, things happen in athletics. You saw it at Florida State, they got enough donors together, you got a fifteen million dollar buyout, and all of a sudden Willie Taggart was gone the next day. So I this T- is really T-Boon the only Pickens. goal I want.
1: T-Boon- Pickens at oklahoma state's been running it, that program it, it, for 30 exactly,
0: years exactly exactly so really at this point in my career you know i, I, I you know I, I the only success i care about is getting enough money to actually have say over the future of boston college athletics if i can get a bruce springsteen concert in the mix i'll take a bruce springsteen concert but not really a deal breaker either way
1: agreed uh matt do you have an eagles in the wild this week
0: yeah, I'm just gonna give a shout out to the hardwood again. I know you're not a basketball fan, but Jerome Robinson had a career high 21 uh, last week. It's such week. a weird narrative
1: because I am—I I was the biggest BC fan, probably in college basketball history. The reason that I'm so apathetic now is because Jim Christian has pretty much taken that—you uh, know—pleasure that that I've enjoyed for a long time out of my life, and he's killed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I. I hear you. I mean I, I definitely hear you. I think he's not completely guilty because obviously you gotta have Donahue is very responsible for his for it as well as his GDF and Al. You hear that's hot a whole take. other story. I think if you yeah. gave
1: Donahue another couple years, we would have made a tournament by now.
0: Yeah, Matt, that's a, that's an atrocious opinion. He's killing it
1: at Penn, so you tell yeah, me because
0: he, he's recruiting Ivy League kids.
1: Well yeah, but they uh,
0: He's an excellent Ivy League coach. Yeah, and
1: they make it to the tournament and we can't, so
0: Because they're playing high school teams. I don't
1: care how you get it. And they're one of the top 68 teams. I'd love to be one of those someday.
0: Well, they're not one of the top. They're in the final 68, but they're not one of the top 68 teams. There's a lot of teams, 70 to 150, that would beat Penn.
1: I'm not following.
0: Okay. Is this like a Uh, transitive
1: property thing that confused a lot of people on Twitter last night?
0: transitive property through, yeah. My pood is that BC fans don't understand the (laughs) transitive property. As a math major that offends me. Um, And then another shout out again, Eagles in the Wild, Kai Bowman is still doing Kai Bowman things. He's only allowed to be up on the warriors roster for like I think 45 days or whatever because of his contract and they don't want to pay him 800,000 dollars but he has taken full advantage of his opportunity of a of an injury ridden squad. He was excellent in that near Celtics upset they had uh last was that Saturday night or was that late in the week either way. I think it was Friday night.
1: But yeah, yeah. But he was excellent dunk. he had he, he just... had a
0: couple winning plays as BC Basketball Twitter will say um late in the fourth though like BC Basketball the winning plays did not convert into wins. But overall, love to see those guys doing well in the league.
1: Yeah, agreed. And he's becoming a fan favorite. If you read like the the Warriors' Twitter comments, uh, they want to sign him to a to a deal immediately. Um, right. So, yeah, he's
0: making. He's literally making. I think he's making like seventy thousand dollars. Yeah. Did you see the uh, article? Year, like, which is he, tough. he can't afford yeah. to
1: live uh, in the Bay Area. He's squarely
0: in the median of BC starting salaries for kids who graduated in twenty eighteen. <laughs> right. Tough
1: uh okay all right so uh with that i think we're, we're cooking with gas this episode matt making we're a, flying matt it's making feeling good. a lot of progress uh let's jump into the courtroom for a quick duteous corpus unlike last week this is uh just about kind of a look around college football this is not going to be matt and i screaming at each other at the top of our Matt, locks. get this
0: Matt. it's going to be civil court
1: <laughs> good one courts in session
0: Right. Um, I don't really have much this week. I guess the only one that I want to touch on is Clemson-Wake Forest. Wake Forest, I think everyone was high on, including us. I thought that they were a better team than they were. And maybe they are still good, by the way. They had a couple bad losses since um, our game against them, but they got absolutely boat raced by Clemson, which Clemson is now rounding into very good shape. I know they started the season very slow. They had that you know, very un- or near loss uh, at UNC, but they have figured a lot of things out, and they are all of a sudden looking like a national champion all over again.
1: Yeah, Wake uh, Wake's best receiver, Surratt, I think got hurt. He's out for the year, and he was a key player. He killed us. We saw that firsthand. Um, so they weren't fully, uh, you know, they didn't have a full roster, I guess. Not that it would have made a difference. They ended up losing by, what, 40-something?
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a big they number. They did not
1: cover the 32 point spread. I, I took Wake as well, but but yeah, I think uh Clemson's probably the team to beat with Lawrence playing like he is. Uh so yeah, I think I think that pretty much that's that's the big one. Uh the other big one is is Baylor collapsing uh, against Oklahoma. That was uh that was tough to watch. I I was rooting for Baylor. I thought that was a good story. Matt Rule, Temple guy, friend of We just
0: it, got the wrong we got the wrong Temple head coach it oh, seems okay. like. Okay,
1: so you you want a guy that's yeah. going to blow a 25 point lead. Got it, Matt. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, taking a look at the coastal and I, if I tweeted this out, uh, we would absolutely, and we've, we've said this every week, people don't believe us, but it's a, it's a real thing. Matt, you agree with, you've said it before. You agree with this. We would win the coastal every single year going back like the last 10 years. If we were in the coastal division.
0: Overall, I agree with you, but I get scared saying that a week and a half before we play Pitt because Pitt actually does not look that bad this year, and I think that we could be regretting that statement pretty quickly. Overall, I'm with you, though. Again, Vatek, I do think if we played Vatek now, we would lose. I think they what, have what gotten, much better. They've gotten much better over the course of
1: the year. But, There's not is, a question about that. Because they're not playing BC. They're playing teams that are worse than us. So they look better. I okay. agree with that okay but yeah you saw that they blew out georgia tech by 45 which i think we could do the same and then q is matt who we do you think q's if they're playing if they played us now would beat us too
0: no of course we would kill duke we would kill georgia tech we would unc's gotten worse uh we would probably beat them uva would be a good game that's i mean i can't say if we're going to beat them or not well, the Pitt, mobile quarterback is a probably little bit not. of a toss up they, they would
1: give us some issues
0: i mean i that's my that's my opinion
1: yeah, I agree. So, so the coastal side's shaping up, and like you said, it is relevant to us. Um, I think what has to happen is if Virginia loses to Virginia Tech, and then Pitt beats Virginia Tech.
0: Yeah, so I think it's Pitt, Virginia, and Virginia Tech are the only teams that can appear in the championship at this point. And so Pitt needs a couple. Miami things. can also. I think Miami can still get a share of the title, but they would not be able to get to the title game on like tiebreakers.
1: Okay that's weird
0: the, the ACC I will say I'll give a shout out to uh, ACC football on Twitter they have been very on top of all of the different scenarios I think they kind of are steering into coastal chaos and they understand that it's a thing that the internet and Reddit CFB and all those guys love so it's not their first um, rodeo they've been either. Deal, tweeting a lot of the gifts. They, they've been tweeting a lot of gifts about uh, what the different here, pull up the tweet here so with two weeks left in the season, possibilities still exist in the Coastal, with Miami, Pitt, Virginia, and Virginia Tech all alive for a share of the division title. However, only Pitt, Virginia, or Virginia Tech can play in the ACC Championship Game due to divisional tiebreakers. Do you care about? I mean, I have the tiebreakers. I, I, I have the scenarios. I think for all I got it. Do well, the only
1: one I care about is Pitt, and I think that what happens is if they beat Virginia Tech this weekend, mm-hmm. and then Virginia Tech beats Virginia the following Correct. weekend, which takes place the day before our game.
0: Oh, that's a Friday game, yeah, right? Yeah.
1: So they'll know what's on the yep. line versus us. And, you know, they're still playing for bowl position. So, you know, not, you know, they're going to have something on the line either way. Uh, it's going to be a tough game going down to, to Heinz Field. Is that where they play? Heinz Field? Yep. So, uh, but yeah, so there could be a little bit of But they're the extra. only ones who don't we control their destiny, we right? Yeah, it looks
0: like if if Hokies, if Vatek beats Pitt this weekend, then next weekend's UVA Vatek game is a winner take all, right. which will actually be kind of cool. Yeah, it will that. be.
1: It will be. Because it's, what's that? The. Uh, Commonwealth Cup I think they call it and that hasn't met much uh in a while uh yeah but for our purposes we could we could very well play spoiler uh Saturday if things pa- fall Pitt's way
0: by the way you see they put us in the uh in the two-week hold so there we're the 330 game against Pitt and we're either going to be ESPN ESPN2 or ACC Network I would assume that they're waiting to see again if that game actually means anything for mm-hmm. for Pitt because I can't imagine that much of the country would be psyched to on 330 on the Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend have to watch Boston College at University of Pittsburgh. Yeah, we always
1: get flexed. We will not get yeah. on
0: ESPN. I would assume ACC, that has ACC Network all over it, but here we are.
1: All right. Uh, anything else in the courtroom for you, Matt? No, I mean, I certainly could bring some criminal complaints
0: against Brian Kelly, but I think I'll touch on those in our <laughs> Notre Dame preview. All right. Sounds good. Courts adjourned. Uh let's talk Irish. It is officially Notre Dame week. Matt, I hate these guys so, so much. I do wish we were playing a little better and had some more hope going into this week. So it would be At least a close game, much like a close shave, thanks to our friends at Manscaped. Guys, we all know we're staring danger in the face anytime we need to clean up below deck. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer for good. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nag or snag anything it shouldn't manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past manscaped also has the crop preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer which i'm sure we all could use whether we're playing in the game or watching a fourth quarter barn burner from the sidelines get 20 percent off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com always use the right tools for the job your balls will thank you Matt, I hope no Notre Dame fan listens to the show because all I want is for them to have a lifetime of uncomfortable manscaping experience with inferior products because I hate them so much and just want them all to be miserable.
1: You can say that again, Matt. Uh, all right. So let's get into the fun facts. Uh, Matt, my fun fact is related to our Heisman running back, or not Heisman, but you guys get what I'm saying. <laughs> he's good. is a good running back. Uh, AJ Dillon's great grandfather, Thom Gatewood. Um, he played for the Irish back in the day. In 1970, he was a consensus All-American after recording a then-school record 77 receptions for 1,123 yards. Matt, that record was broken in 2006 by Jeff Samarja, who had 78 receptions.
0: Matt, I think it's Tom. I think that back in the olden days, they just spelled it T-H-O-M, but I think it's not pronounced Tom.
1: Matt, if you put an H in your name, I'm going to pronounce it. I mean, I...
0: Look, I think that's fair. I just think that they have a different, you know, linguistic spelling back then in the, when did he play the 50s or the 60s? 70s, like that's now. too late. To the 70s, just have a all right, ro- that's all right. That's later than there. it should be to have an H. I, I agree with you on that. Um, I'm going to still go Tom. Either way, I like it. Matt, my facts are not as fun. They're just kind of cold, hard facts that I do think need to be said. Um, so I have a couple here, have a three-pack for you. So in April, a financial advisor named Martin Blazer testified under oath that he paid football players from Notre Dame. Again, that's just a fact. Um, fact number two, again, no means fun whatsoever. These are all terrible, but they, I think the facts need to be reported. Marty Blazer's uh, reported. the guy
1: that's in the NCAA uh, corruption case too. The, the oh, basketball really? probe,
0: yeah. I mean that's just fraud all over the place. I'll tell you what. Okay. Well, again, fact number two: uh, there have been multiple allegations of sexual assaults, cover-ups, and sham investigations for Notre Dame football players under Brian Kelly. Again, just a fact, no opinions there. Did he and kill Matt, someone too, Matt? What's up? Didn't Brian Kelly kill someone too, Matt? That, that is my third fun. Uh, my again, whew, not fun fact. That is my third cold hard fact. Brian Kelly did, in fact, murder a student manager in cold blood, allegedly. I don't, I think, I don't think we're big enough to like get sued for libel, right?
1: Well, I, I think he. It's. I don't. I don't think it's alleged let anymore. Put, let, me, let
0: me put it this way: Brian Kelly caused the death of a student manager negligently, and this is a fact. He berates his players on national TV to make himself feel better about himself.
1: Yeah, good ones. All true. Um, allegedly, and, and I, right. I fully agree with that, Matt. Um, all right, so let's get into the top five uh, fighting Irishmen, and you guys got to pay attention to this one because, you know, throughout the course of this year, this is season three, and we've been doing top five I- Irish movies or whatever, or not
0: Irish movie opponent movies, I guess, or so whatever movies, whatever right. you want for that one. So,
1: and pay attention to this one. So, this is the second time we've played the Irish. So, we did the top five alumni back in 2017. And then we didn't play them last year. So this year, we're doing the top five mascots. So this year, we're doing the top five fighting Irishmen. Matt, you want to kick it off?
0: Yeah, so you shouldn't have given me the number one pick because I think I'm going to take the one that was number one on your list as well. Uh, But of course, everybody knows the most famous fighting Irishman is the fighting Irish tattoo on the back of Jem, or it's Jim actually, uh, from the town. When the bank is robbed, that is what the bank manager recognizes. She says, I don't recognize anything. But one of them had a little fighting Irish tattoo on the back. And then when Jim or Jem, it's both actually, meets Ben like your guy, for lunch. I believe they're in Cambridge with the bank manager. No, they're, they're ben in Affleck, has down, to,
1: If you're going to get it right, at least get it okay. right. Well, they, I, she works at the bank in no, Cambridge. They, so I think that's
0: where he met her for lunch. And he pizza. made the avalanche. They eating, because he said, what are you doing in Cambridge?
1: I don't think that happened. They were, they were down the street from the laundromat. And they were eating white pizza. They, I'm pretty sure that was in Cambridge where they were having lunch, and he made the avalanche. They were, they were. On, it was one of her sunny days. They were on Bunker Hill Street. Um, is it? Did you clear? Is it Jim or Jem? It's well, it's both actually. Uh, I can't believe you took that one. That's. Uh, <laughs> you should have given me the number one pick. Yeah, but I thought you were gonna take Conor McGregor. Like that is the the one that you would have taken. He is the most famous <laughs> fighting Irishman of all time. You
0: well, shouldn't have given me another That's, one. I, I gave you the one you.
1: pick so I could take that one. That's unbelievable. <laughs> okay. You did an okay job with it though. <laughs> Thank um you. Okay, so number two, Conor McGregor. I have nothing really to add. You guys know who he is. He, you know, fights. It seems like every six months he's been in a, a new fight, and obviously he fights for a living. But like that video that circulated of him just in a bar, you know, blindsiding one with a, someone with a punch. He threw a chair. At he the fights bus. a lot. Yep, he does fight a lot. But he's from Ireland, so um, he is. That's fitting. Um, and then I'm in trouble here. Um, Green Street Hooligans is on my list. It was supposed to be an honorable mention. Uh, but that's a movie about fighting that takes place over in Europe. It's in England there's no one I, no Irish there no, but it doesn't the English don't like the Irish That peninsula takes like that or whatever it's called uh, Great Britain um, it takes yep, place uh, over there yeah.
0: oh, buddy Ireland is not in Great Britain. You better slow your roll what am,
1: what am I thinking what's that what's that uh
0: well Northern Ireland is but you're kind of kicking up a lot of historical
1: animosities right now by that comment I'm from Ireland so you I get could... a lot of people in the old country Matt, upset. You, you start talking I could like be a, that. I could be a fighting Irishman I, I... sure. Oh you know what? Yeah, you, no, you know no, no, what, no, we're not we're not going there. Okay. <laughs> uh, just just you go. Yeah, that's that's what I have. So you okay. go.
0: Okay, I will look. I, by the way, I had my uh, Notre Dame movies ready to go and then you told me 5 minutes before we were recording or reminded me that we we hadn't done Notre Dame 3 times. So, I'm going a little off the cuff here. I'm going to go Jim Braddock, another actual fighting Irishman. He was American. Uh, born American but to Irish parents, of course. Jim Braddock is played by Russell Crowe in Cinderella Man, which is a highly underrated sports movie and just movie in general. Um, a boxer from New York in the Great Depression, where they were super poor, but he was a boxer and he was again from Irish parents. It was a g- great movie. I recommend it. And then my last one, I'm going to go with Frank Costello from The Departed. Um, I guess he didn't do a lot of hand-to-hand combat, at least in the movie, but he was a you know gang leader, so obviously he did some. He did some fighting.
1: Yeah, you could you could have taken uh, Captain Captain Queenan. Captain Queenan. Uh, no, who's Wahlberg's character?
0: Uh, that's Captain Queenan. No, Captain. No, 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 Queenan's. Yeah, Queenan's. Uh, Queenan's spe- oh, spe- speaking of Queenan's son, and son goes to law at Notre Dame.
1: There you go. Oh yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. a lot of deep cuts from uh, some Boston uh, movies. to Now you keep going. but This is gonna really bother me. Okay, Matt. Um, you'll you'll enjoy my sixth one here. Uh, pick number six is Brian Kelly. Sergeant Dignam. Sergeant Dignam, that's right. Yeah. Brian Kelly, uh, as everyone knows, uh, is a local Boston guy, Irish Catholic family, grew up in Chelsea, Mass. He went to St. John's Prep. And he's the, the fighting part comes in, you already mentioned it, but he's, he's likely fighting a bunch of lawsuits for killing that guy a few years ago. Allegedly, correct. And then the other one, the
0: only honorable mention I have is all of the fake Notre Dame fans who have never left the state of Massachusetts, but root for an elite French school because they are like. I don't know, fifty percent Irish, and they just assume that Notre Dame is this like stronghold for Irish, uh, for Irish Catholics. Agreed. When that's not true, Boston College is the only football school founded by Irish Catholics. French priests,
1: and let's throw it exactly. Irish, yep. little Irish, fighting Irish mascot. out. what a what a joke, leprechaun of all things. It's it's absurd. It yep, is. It's pathetic. All right, but here we are. <laughs> let's move it into the Notre Dame travelability rankings. Matt, you and I have both been to Notre Dame. We've done the travelability thing. Um, I'll just go out I'll, I'll say this it has to be probably the most overrated venue in all of sports and I'm not saying you know we, we didn't have a great time we did have a great time uh, the RV uh, RVing out there going to the RV park was great but there's just there's nothing out there I mean besides Notre Dame there's there's 27 Walmarts the whole touchdown Jesus thing kind of sucks. They have troughs in the bathroom instead of urinals, which... Yeah, that's just a Midwestern thing. By the way, that was a note I had. That was in
0: my list of poods for Clemson as well. There wasn't a single stall in the entire town.
1: Yeah, a lot of troughs. I don't like that. I have a shy bladder. It, it, I'll tell you, from a practicality standpoint, I kind of like it on paper, but then you get in there and, uh, right. yeah, if you get a little shy, then uh, you're, yeah, you're, you just just, you're not going to be able to go. So, um, huh. yeah, so I'm going to dock him a couple points for that as well. Uh, the weather sucks. I'm sure you'll get into it, but at least when we went out there uh, five years ago, the weather sucked. Um, so I assume it will suck again. (laughs) Makes sense. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's fine for a one-time trip, but, but give me anywhere in the South over Notre Dame, like give me NC state. I don't, I don't really care. Been there, done that. It kind of sucks. Probably will never go back. 12.7 final answer. Wow. That is like really low. Okay. All right. So I'll give you the weather report. So it's sunny, a high of 40. So it's cold, but it's great
0: football weather. I actually think that's a feather in the cap. Um, for the day, it's going to look great on TV and, and would look great in the stands as well. I do like the 230 kick. It's kind of a weird like because they're NBC, they can just do whatever they want. But overall, it's kind of a cool kickoff time. It's you know basically three o'clock, which is I think everyone knows the best kickoff time. To your point, there is absolutely nothing in the area outside of again, the two Walmarts, I'll say that's a good thing in the event that your entire fleet of RVs gets kicked out of one Walmart for illegally emptying the uh, toilet tank of the RV into the Walmart parking lot, because there is a backup Walmart that you can then drive to so good thing just again, in the off chance that happens amazing trip as a student can't recommend it enough. And I know we're not playing them at Notre Dame now every, you know, two years like it was when, when we were there. So, you know, it was always an upperclassman trip, but if it happens to fall, you know, your junior or senior year, I cannot recommend enough that you make the trip out there. That was, I think, Probably by far one of my best memories, if not my best memory from from college, but definitely a tougher trip as a grad. It's really just like a Chicago weekend, and you kind of take a party bus or a train out there or something. Day of, we did have this game circled if if we had the season that we had expected, but here we are. Um, this is not the season that we expected, so we are not going. I'll say overall, I actually did think it was a good game day experience. I thought the friendly, the, the local fans, I thought were friendly. The alumni are horrible, but the local fans, I actually thought were you know these just kind of like middle of nowhere. Uh, you know, simple people in Indiana. So they were friendly. They invited us in, you know, to their tailgates for drinks and food, all that stuff. So I'm going to go way higher than you. Uh, 22.6 overall good. I, I, again, highly recommend it if, if you know, you're a student, but as a grad, I think the, those days have, have passed me by.
1: And I do just want to reiterate that when Matt walked into the Basilica, um, which I think is a building at Notre Dame, it was just, it was waterworks. There were tears everywhere.
0: I think you're, again, I think you're being a little bit traumatic here. I will say that, you know what, Matt, I'm a, I was raised a good Irish Catholic. So, you know, sue me. I like churches. I don't know if that's like a something that you're going to throw against me or whatever. It was, a, it was but an
1: average church. It's, I
0: thought it was a very nice church.
1: It's a, average at best.
0: I thought it was, I mean, look, I, I hate to say it, but I thought it was a nicer church in the truest sense than St. Ignatius, for example.
1: Whoa, okay. Yeah. All right. And so, this is where you're sort of opening up to, um, I, I guess we all kind of knew that you've been a closet Notre Dame fan your yeah, you whole life. Yeah, you got me. It, it pops up once in a while. I guess this is one of those times. Um, St. Ignatius is great, by the way. You have White Mountain Creamery across the street. You're you're nuts. That's <laughs> true. I don't know where their best ice cream is. That's a very good point. I guess I did not consider that at the time. All right, let's get into the football. So obviously, Notre Dame is perpetually the most overrated team of all time every single year. Uh, they've had a bit of a roller coaster of a, of a season thus far. They do come in at eight and two, but in tipi- typical Notre Dame fashion, they haven't really beat anyone yet. Uh, they kept it close uh, early on in the season against Georgia and Athens. They lost by six. Then they uh, they proceeded to get absolutely smoked by Michigan by thirty. Uh, they've had a couple of close calls against uh, Southern Cal and Virginia Tech, and then since then they've turned it on. they they've beat Duke and Navy by a billion points in consecutive weeks. Um, so this is a team that it's sort of it's sort of feast or fam with them, but they seem to be clicking at the right time. Uh, but I will say it's, uh, you know, they, they beat Navy last week. It was a ranked football team. They have a lot of wins that, you know, aren't necessarily over quality opponents. I don't they haven't really beaten anyone good yet, Matt.
0: Uh, overall, that's fair. I still think they're, you know, whatever one or two point loss to Georgia is very impressive. Lost by six. A really good football team. Yeah, I think that's a. I still think that's a very impressive loss in Georgia. Um, they did get the floor wiped by Michigan, which you know, Michigan. I think the jury's out a little bit on, but overall they are very strong on offense, averaging 36 points a game. Again, against you know good teams, they played no one great, no one really stands out in the schedule, but good teams overall. Ian Book has been you know, very good. Uh, he's got what's his number 2300 passing yards, 26 and six TD interceptions. I hate him so much, like watching him play and seeing him on TV it enrages me, um, but again, overall, he has passed the tests that he has you know, needed to face so far, and he is good on the ground. So overall, I am absolutely terrified of their offense, especially, you know, obviously, I'm terrified of any offense with, with, with our defense, but a somewhat dual threat quarterback who can tear apart a secondary is the last thing that we need to see on Saturday. So overall very uh negative on that side of things. And again, they do have a lot of skill position talent. You know, at the end of the day, this is, you know, you talk about it like a Florida State or like a Clemson. When you have these blue blood programs, they're just always going to have these, you know, big time recruits. And while they're not always going to pan out to be, you know, the best wide receivers in the country, they're still going to be able to run, you know, four one forties and all these other electric numbers. So I have a very bad feeling with basically this is everything bad about our defense and their matchups is just skill. People who can go over the top, a quarterback who can kill us multiple ways and, a, a, you know, offensive coordinator who can definitely take advantage of, of bill Sheridan
1: schemes. Yeah. I hate to say it. And this is high praise. If you guys know anything about me, but, but Ian books got a little bit of Eric Dungy in him. You know, he's not like this. Whew, that is high praise. I mean, and, and I've seen Notre Dame, you know, a few times play that they're just always on that, that two thirty time slot. So, um, but you said he's just he is slippery he's an average quarterback right he he's he's put up some numbers this year uh but he's overall i think a more of a game manager than anything else except for the x factor that he can beat you with his legs he's got 421 rushing yards this year second on his team um he had i think 120 something against duke last week so this is a guy that if he sees holes against navy last week no, I think it was Duke uh, the week before. I don't think he had to run oh, too yeah, much yeah. against I'm sorry, Navy. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, two weeks ago. My my fault, Matt. Um, but but it's one of those things where if he, if he sees holes and our defense is good at producing those holes. Um, he'll t- he'll take he'll take advantage of that. So he uh, he single handedly you know he put a, a phenomenal drive together in the closing minutes against Virginia Tech uh, a few weeks back, and it's stuff like that that he can do. And he's he's a winner. That they you know they're eight and two for a reason. They, they won a lot of football games going back to last year. He uh, you know always seemed to do whatever was needed right to to pull out games without being phenomenal. So. Uh, I agree with you that they have, uh, you know, this guy, Chase Claypool, who has emerged as a star receiver this season. Um, Last three games, he's averaged seven catches for 111 yards, including a breakout game last week uh, for 117 yards and four touchdowns versus Navy. Um, Not sure if my bookie, uh, shout out to my bookie, has any prop bets on Claypool. uh, But whatever that is, take the over given, yep. given our secondary. Uh, so yeah, you're right. Terrible, terrible matchup across the board, uh, offense to defense, but, but their defense, Matt, I think has shown that they can, uh, and, and we saw it against Michigan a few weeks ago. This is a team that if you, if you're, you know, if you're physical in the run game, you know, you can get ahead. And uh, the, the defense lost quite a few seniors to the NFL last year. Um, they've taken a step back from the top ten defense that we saw last year. Uh, they they allow, like I said, 170 rushing yards per game, and Michigan lit them up for 303. So I'm not saying this is a slam dunk, you know, win by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, but, no,
0: Matt, it's not. It's not.
1: Well, hold on. I mean, it, it, <laughs> I'll get there, but. Uh, you know, as bad of a matchup as it is, our, our defense against their offense, I'd say it's a pretty tough matchup for them as well. So something to think about, Matt.
0: I have a little bit more concern because their linebackers are so strong. I think that seems to at least be everything I've read. The linebacking core is is the strength of their defense. Um, by no means is their secondary slouch or their front four, but or their front three, I guess, depending on the scheme. But their linebackers, they've got Drew White and Asmar Bilal, who are monsters and overall again still averaging uh 330 yards per game and less than 20 points on the the year is not bad again michigan was obviously a ghastly performance and you hope that that's something that we we can replicate but i am by no means going into this game you know like i went into i don't know pick whoever syracuse when saying all right they have a horrible defense we'll be able to run over them all day long so you never know. It hurts that they are again a cold weather team, you know, by nature. So this is going to catch anyone off guard, getting hit in the mouth by AJ and a healthy David Bailey. But I don't know. You know, I I think we talked about this in recent weeks, but I have very little reason to feel confident right now.
1: Yeah, I, I don't fully disagree. I think the key to this game, and I think Virginia Tech sort of had the blueprint here, um, but they Virginia Tech kept it close primarily by locking down in the red zone um right. and they, they forced and and by the way that 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 fumble right before halftime when you could really think about it that when they had the
0: fumble recovery as Notre Dame was going in with like 10 seconds left that was a 14 point swing you know if they win that game by 15 points I don't think it feels the way that it felt in reality
1: agreed yeah I had that written down as well Matt in addition to that they also had two other turnovers uh in the red zone so right uh that game against against Virginia Tech was sort of a perfect storm for Notre Dame everything went wrong Otherwise, that that game wasn't really as close as it seemed. They got outgained. Virginia Tech got outgained by two hundred yards. So, right. um, it's it's not like you know, despite the one point win, it's not like those teams were evenly matched. So, uh, but I will say we we've seen you know certain situations right where this defense can force turnovers, mostly Virginia Tech early on in the year. Uh, we've seen we saw it, uh, I guess again against Rutgers, right. Early on in the season, they they force some turnovers. I don't know where those have been lately, uh, but I think that's going to be the key here. So you know you, you stick Braden and Sebastian on Claypool, right? And you, hopefully that that gets neutralized. And then you got nothing to lose on defense, and you might as well send the house because you know that if you drop people back, they're not going to be able to stay with them anyway. So uh, that's that's kind of my thought is you know you sort of you, you you send the house whenever you can and put you put your defense in position to force some turnovers, and and that's really our only shot to uh, to stick with them on that side of the ball.
0: Yeah, I don't think that's a crazy idea. My concern is that there is no chance Bill Sheridan will even attempt to do anything remotely that I don't call it radical because it's really not that radical. But Bill Sheridan won't change anything outside of the traditional, you know, three, four, whatever he runs. It hasn't changed for nine weeks, and I don't think will change anytime soon.
1: McDuffie's back though. Yeah, McDuffie got some run uh, against Florida State two weeks ago. He's got the bye week to recover, so maybe he's full go finally. And we've been saying it for a few weeks now, but you put him, Richardson, and uh, some of those other playmakers together, and, you know, you get some pressure, you force some turnovers, and anything can happen there, Matt. So, um, I don't know. I think that's that's going to be the key. If we don't win the turnover battle, we probably have no shot. Another key to the game on the other side of the ball, uh, third down conversion percentage. Grissel was electric against Florida State on third down. He converted seventy percent of his third down opportunities, which that's been a, that's has sort of plagued this BC team. When you talk about what well, we go two for twelve against Wake, so Notre Dame's fifteenth in the country in, in third down defensive percentage at thirty one percent. So obviously, the, the, the key here is to uh, to keep the offense on the field. Um, you, you need to sustain drives and avoid going three and out, and uh, do whatever you can to win the time of possession. So if they can do all that, Matt, and I know it's a lot. Then you know this could be one of those games where you know I think Notre Dame is potentially looking ahead to, to Stanford, who's the, who the, you know they've had issues with in the past, and uh, it's a rivalry game. We've had their number even when we've sucked. You think back to twenty fifteen. So just saying, I'm not saying it's likely, but I'm just saying anything can happen when these two teams get together. All
0: right. Well, I will roll into my prediction because I have a feeling it's going to be a little bit uh, more negative or more realistic than yours. But bottom line is, I do not see our defense stopping this offense for a second. Uh, it Breaks my heart to say it again because, like I said, I hate Ian Book. But, Matt, get this. I think Ian Book is going to read Bill Sheridan's defense like a book, um, and he's going to go for a career day. So I have Notre Dame 52, BC 38, which is honestly probably closer than I think this one actually will be, because again, I, I think they could score a hundred, and that wouldn't surprise me.
1: I can't wait till BC wins by thirty on Saturday. I'm not rooting
0: for that. I'm not. I'm, I'm obviously not rooting for that. I'm just telling you, I think that what has shown you so far that this is a defense that can even for a second stop a, a moderately decent offense.
1: Just saying, with, with these two teams, you, you throw out that you throw out the, the uh, fair enough,
0: fair enough. You,
1: you throw out the, the whatever's, and, you know, it's it's football between two historic rivals that. I mean, 2015, we had the worst worst team in college football history, Matt. You know that, right? And we still hung, what, 15 points, which I think was our season was high that the year. Fenway,
0: the, the Fenway game? Yeah. Or the, yeah. yeah, that's because we had the best defense in the country that year.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was part of it. But I think we, we what was it, three-point game? And, yeah, because uh, we forced like 100 turn. We forced, I think, literally like six or seven turnovers. <laughs> I think we did, too. So there you go. That's amazing. So we know we can do it. All right, if
0: Harold Landry comes back and Will Harris and Lucas Dennis, then, yeah, I like our chances as well. Fair enough.
1: But anyway, I'm keeping a list of all the Adazio haters. And this is going to be the game that, uh, you know, we're going to, me, Daz, and anyone else that's still on our side, we're going to come back and say I told you so. I got Boston College 29, Notre Dame 26, and we're going to whatever bowl we're going to. But we're going bowling, and then we'll go beat Pitt. And then before you know it, it's an eight-win season, and Adazio's back next year, baby.
0: Oh, God. This is going to hurt so much more
1: for you when when you have your hopes up like this. It would just be easier for you to let go right now. This is my but Super Bowl, I'll say. This is probably the yeah, single no, most like important it. game in my history and Daz's history, which I guess are are, are one and the same. Yep. Um, but I don't know, Matt. Anything can happen. It's Notre Dame, BC, so who knows?
0: Okay. Well, thanks again to our sponsors, Manscaped and my bookie, Manscaped.com, promo code armchair, and when – betting on the birds to potentially cover the 20 and a half or betting on Notre Dame to win by a hundred head over to mybookie.ag and use promo code chair, uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fourth and dude on both. And as always be sure to keep an eye on our guide Eagle insiders, BC 24 seven it's rivalry week. So a lot of great content to consume despite us not having the year that we maybe have wanted to, uh, thanks again for listening. I'll say this is the lowest my hopes have been going into a game all season, but still at least two hopefully maybe three games left to play so all we can do is strap the helmets on and hope for the best it is rivalry week like you said anything can happen i'll say maybe the road to bowl eligibility still rolls on it's a to alert folks